0: Welcome to the Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia.
1: The Lord is my light (laughs) and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I want to say that to you again so that you get it deep into your spirit. You have to realize that repetition is the mother of skill. What you repeat, you become. The Lord is my light and my salvation. As long as he is light, you need not be afraid because he's light. Jesus, somebody help me. When you lean into him, when you lean into him, it's the more you recognize, why do I need to be afraid? Because he is light. And as you lean into him, you become who he is. My goodness. The Lord is my light. And my salvation, whom shall I fear? John 1, Janine, John 1, John 1. In the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning was the Word. Come on, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God. Come on, we're going to give it to you again. In the beginning, in the beginning was the Word. All of this, see, when you get this Word in your spirit, it does something incredibly powerful to you and God for you. Let me just get that because it's incredible just to read all of those verses so you understand that the Lord is the light. It says this, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things, somebody say all things. All things. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Verse four. In him, somebody say, in him. In him. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth, and darkness in the darkness Mm -hmm. comprehended it not. Here's what I want you to know in your spirit. In him, that's Jesus Christ. In him is what? Life, Life. that means the God quality of life. So when I have Jesus, I I heard somebody in the back, somebody said, Zoe, in him is life. Now watch this, his life brings light. His life brings so much light that the darkness can't comprehend who it is. God, my God. He says this to you or about you. He says you are the light of the world. And so as you move throughout life, you don't have to worry about being misunderstood. You don't have to worry about being misunderstood by your family, by your friends, by your community because darkness sometimes does not understand the light. In fact, darkness can't comprehend how you got where you are. Darkness can't comprehend how you still have a job. Darkness can't comprehend how you still have your mind. Darkness can't comprehend how you survive the worst things that were thrown at you and you still lift your hands to Jesus. Why? Because you're the light. Darkness can't say how'd she get that? How'd he get that? How is he up? How is he peaceful? How is he joyful? I am the light of the world Jesus says it's like this as long as I am in the world now watch this You gotta make a decision who you're gonna be while you're in the world Some of us can't move And to the stature, the 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 capacity that God has for us because you never decided who you're gonna be while you're in the world. That's good. Jesus said in, in, in John chapter 9, he said, as long as I am in the world, I'm the light of the world. Yeah, yeah. Who are you while you're That's in good. the world?
0: That's excellent. Who are
1: you in your marriage? That's excellent. Who are you with your children? Oh God, who are you at your job? Who are you on the block? Jesus is very clear. As long as I am in the world, I am light.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and because I'm light, I'll approach people that are in darkness. I'll approach people who can't see. The miracle that he did right after he declared that was let me help this blind man to open his eyes. Why? Because I am light. In other words, watch this. If you are light, people should see differently because they're around you. God, God. People's, watch this, people's perspective, their insight, their, their knowledge, their illumination, all of that should change because they're around you. You got to start telling people, baby, I ain't like you. I ain't with them. I might be around them, but I ain't them. I'm lights. Somebody say I'm light.
0: I'm light.
1: Somebody say I'm light.
0: I'm light.
1: See, 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 see when you are light Guess what you'll have? Revelation.
0: Yeah
1: Guess what you'll have? Reverend Howell, guess what you'll have? You'll have illumination Mm -hmm. You'll have, you'll have, you'll have inspiration. You'll have authority. Let me say this to you. Let me say this to you anyone that you honor Mm -hmm. anyone that you admire The thing that separates you from them is light. That means they have an insight that you haven't captured yet. The Bible says that the entrance of his word brings light. So if you see somebody that's successful in their relationship, successful in their business, successful in their marriage, successful with their children, successful as a pastor, they got light. That means there's an insight, there's an illumination, there's a quickening. There, there's something that is, is bringing light or insight to their life that helps them move in authority. Somebody say, I am light.
0: I am light.
1: My God, Janine. <laughs> and because, what I says, because he is light, he moves us to this dimension. He says, listen, the more you discover about me, mm-hmm. the more I will tell you who you are. I want you to get that master key. Oftentimes people are like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. Let me give you the master key. Here's the master key. The more you discover about him.
0: Yeah. God. That's
1: good. Let me say it to the people over here in the back. Come on, wake up. The more you discover about him. Him. He releases, in that quest, He releases who you are. To know Him is to find you, God. To know Him, that's why he says, that's why he said this, this old time teaching. He says, the fear of the Lord
0: is the beginning.
1: Is the what? Come on, talk to my people who Bible study people. The (laughs) fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If you don't fear Him, you haven't even begun. If you don't fear him, you haven't even begun. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of light. What's light? Light is knowledge.
0: Yeah, that's
1: good. The fear of me is the beginning of knowledge. Now watch this. What's this what he says? He says, Listen, my relationship with you is built on. Trust. There's a there's a there's a mutuality mm-hmm. that this relationship is built on. Here's some types of here's some things that the Lord says for us. Psalm 31, verse 1. He says, In thee, O Lord, I put my trust. You heard of that scripture? And I will never be ashamed as long as we put our trust in. In the Lord, we will never be ashamed. Come on, somebody talk to me. Say, I understand that. Come on, talk to me. I understand that. Psalm 31.1, he says, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. As long, He's saying that I'm good. I'm bankable. Every time that you trust in me, I'll never make you ashamed. Amen? Amen. Number two, he said, blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust. In other words, that all... If you make the Lord your trust, you will always be blessed. In other words, you enter into a different state. You graduate, ah, you graduate to a different level just because you made the Lord your trust. Some people trust the Lyft driver more than you trust God. You don't even know him and you trust him to get you where you're going. Never saw him? Use your app every time you say, he's going to get me downtown. Some of you trust your job more than you trust God. You trust your job because that paycheck is going to come through every two weeks and you don't think God is going to come through. The Bible says that his mercies are new what? Every morning. He said, give us this day our daily what? Daily bread. He said, daily are you loaded with, uh, y'all better talk to me, watch this. So Psalm, Proverbs 3, he says this, uh, that's for the people in the back. He says, trust the Lord. With what? With all your heart. Watch this. And lean not unto your own understanding. In all your what? In all your what? In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll give you your destiny. The reason as to why you can't find your destiny is because you don't know how to acknowledge him in all your He says, if you acknowledge me, if you trust me, lean not into your own understanding and acknowledge me in all, what? Your ways, I will direct. I'll direct your paths. paths. I'll show you what to choose. I won't choose it for you, but I'll show you what to choose. Mm -hmm. I'll show you who to marry. I won't marry them for you, but I'll present who you should marry. I'll show you what job to take. I'll show you what school to go to. I'll show you who your friends need to be. I'll show you what you need to do every day. I'll show you what clubs you need to join. He said, trust me and acknowledge me in all your ways and I'll do what? I'll direct your paths. Now watch this. Now here's the thing that messes messes us up every time. Not only is he asking us to trust him, but he turns around and says, oh no, I trust you. My God, that scares me. Not only am I asking you to trust me, but you mean God who holds up the sun? God who has the universe in his hand, he trusts little old me, I trust you. He has, he has, he says to Timothy, 1 Timothy 6.20, I want you to get this in your spirit and I'm gonna give you all three interpretations on it, it's on the screen. He says, oh Timothy, keep that which has been committed to your trust. We'll read the, we'll read the NIV. He said, Timothy, Guard what has been entrusted to your care. Mm -hmm. Now this is what entrust means, and Janine you have it right here. Entrust is a verb that means to assign or transfer the responsibility or authority of a task, a duty, or object to someone else. When you entrust something to someone, you are placing confidence in them and relying on them to handle or take care of the entrusted matter or person in a responsible and reliable manner. It often implies a sense of trust and reliance, On the person to whom the responsibility is delegated. Mm. So that means God says, here's what I'm delegating to you. There are eight divine entrustments. We're going to go through two of them today, but there are eight of them. If you embrace them. Somebody say embrace. Embrace. If you embrace them. Your embracing of them will open up God's destiny for your life. Because it's hard to live for him when you don't know what he gave you. Go ahead, Janine.
0: So what did he give you? Number one, he gave you his kingdom. Jesus. Okay. Number one, he gave you his kingdom. Number two, he gave us his word. Number three... He gave us his son. Number four, he gave us his Holy Spirit. Number five, he gave us the world. The whole world is in his hand, but he gave it to you. Psalm 115. The heavens, the heavens are mine, but the earth have I given to the children of men. Number six, he gave us his church, his bride. Number seven, he gave us his purpose and his gifts. And number eight, he gave us his great commission. The great commission or the, the awesome honor of being one of the laborers to bring forth his harvest. And so we want to talk about, I'm going to talk a little bit about the divine interest, which is the, the number one Amen. interest that we're going to touch on today, and that's his kingdom. OK, so we're, we're in class. So I want you, you want you to take notes. Why is this important? This is important because if we don't understand that the kingdom as the driving purpose for every single thing that we read in the Bible, Get what I'm saying here, context, right? If we don't understand that the kingdom is the context for everything that we read in the Bible, then everything else that we read, everything we study, everything we try to live, it ends up being devoid of the proper understanding. Do you get what I mean there? If you're not understanding that everything you are reading in the scriptures is actually there, because it's in the context of the kingdom of a kingdom yes. and that it is you who is the citizen who's to carry all of this out. Everything you read, if you're not thinking about it in the context of a kingdom, then you're going to end up being devoid of proper understanding and and you won't be able to comp- comprehend the gospel. Our, in, in essence, our comprehension of the gospel in the absence of understanding that what we're reading is about a king and his kingdom and us as citizens in that kingdom, we end up living deficient as, as citizens. Deficient as Christians. You know what happens when your body, we're a body, right? When the body is deficient of the proper minerals, vitamins, et cetera, you know that it brings, it brings illness. So you have to understand the scriptures in the context of the kingdom. So to understand the scriptures in the context of the fact that we're talking about kingdom, another important thing to understand is that law. One principle about law that we have to understand is that a law is made up of two very important things. Number one, it's made up of a promise. And number two, it's made up of a consequence. Okay? Follow me here. If you don't believe me, I'm going to show you that you already know this. Sow in tears and you'll reap in Some people have been reading their scriptures. They know it. Cast your bread upon the waters. Not many days hence, you'll find it. Right? We have seed time and we have we have honor your mother and father and what will happen? We have thy will thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom is going to come, right? We have eat from the tree of good and evil and you will you'll die. You're going to live, eat from the tree of good and evil and you will you'll die. Right? You'll die. And so that's where we get this whole thing about the kingdom. The fall of man is essentially where we get in trouble right? Galatians 3, 21, 25 affirms this. It says, is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Galatians 3, 21 through 25. Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we would be made right with God just by obeying it. But the scriptures, verse 22, declare that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom one way by believing in Jesus Christ. So here are the five kingdom concepts that we want to lay down because what I'm laying down now, I'm going slow on purpose. It's not a preaching moment. It's a teaching moment. We get this because then when Pastor Omar talks about your gifts, and your purposes in the context of those eight entrustments it'll make better sense to you number one I'm going to give you five concepts number one heaven is a country the Bible is the constitution of our country which is heaven number two citizenship is only regained through salvation John three three five says Jesus replied to them, verily, truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. He was talking to Nicodemus. He said, how can someone be born when they are old? That's what Nicodemus asked Jesus. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, verily, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of the water and of the spirit. So when we are born again, instead of being um, what the old word would we'll call a denizen, somebody who's just in the territory of the country, but not really a true resident, they live there, but they don't have all the benefits of the, the, the kingdom. Right. When we receive Jesus into our hearts, we literally become born again. Born again into what? Back to your original country of residence, heaven. Okay, and the scriptures support that. That's why we really want you to, to get this. Hebrews eleven sixteen says, "But now they desire a better country, a better country than the United States, a better country than the Bahamas, a better country than wherever your favorite place is on Earth. That is a heavenly country. Wherefore God is not ashamed of them to be called their God. He hath prepared them a city." Hebrews eleven sixteen. Number three. The gospel is a governmental message. Okay? So you, this is why. See, we we have trends. Like we're educators. We've been educators for over 50 years combined. And what we know about education is that no matter what's true or false, at certain times, for my educators in the room, you help me attest to this, there are just certain keywords that are going around. Yeah, yeah. Buzzwords right? Certain buzzwords. And so that happens in the church as well. So while we're talking about the kingdom, if you know us, we've always talked about the kingdom. This is not something that just started. We've been talking about the kingdom since our teens, but we don't want you to be disillusioned or tricked because it's a buzzword in church right now. We're people on the flyer and the kingdom this and the kingdom that. But no, What we are called ambassadors because the role of an ambassador is to do the will of the father or the king in the country where they are on behalf of the country where they come from. Let's look at the definition of kingdom in a couple seconds, but I'm going to finish these five here. So their their gospel is a governmental message. Isaiah 9, 6 is your support for that when you go back and study this. The kingdom is an actual government for unto us a child is born. To us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Number four, the God. there is no gospel without the kingdom. So when you're out there with us, witnessing on the streets every single week, Saturday or Sunday or whenever it is, we're there as ambassadors telling the good news of the gospel, but without the kingdom, there would be no gospel to tell about. What am I telling you if I don't know about the kingdom? I'm trying to let you know that you have relinquished your rights as a kingdom citizen and I'm offering you the opportunity to come back into your state of royalty so that you can reclaim what you lost when Adam fell because we all fell in Adam. That's why the scriptures call Jesus the second Adam. Is this making sense to you? I know we're not jumping, but it's going to make, it's gotta, it's gotta get down in there. And so that's why we go in the power and in the, in the might of the Holy Ghost when we're out there witnessing, when you're on your street, when you're on your job, when you're on the street, wherever you are, because when you understand the message and the power that you come in, that's when they are won. they're drawn, they're wooed, they're excited, they're asking for more of this Jesus yes. that we tell about. Yes. And so
1: when, we, when, we, when God uses us to win people, we're not winning people to bring them to church. No, say that. When God uses us to win people, we're not winning people to simply bring them to church. We are winning them to actually reset them. Yes. For what? For your life. Yes. I'm resetting you. You're getting your citizenship back to become a part of the kingdom of heaven. And you go to church. Watch this. You go to church because the church should train you. The church should train you as to how to live as a kingdom citizen. The church shouldn't play with you. The church shouldn't mess around with your life. The church should train you and equip you. In other words, if you've been at a church for 30 years, you should be able to look in the mirror and say, I'm changed, I'm different, I have keys, I have access. You shouldn't be the same person that walked down the aisle 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah.
0: And why does that happen?
1: Why does that happen? Are you hearing
0: what I'm saying? Why does that happen? That happens because we don't understand the fifth thing. This is the last one. That the church is not the kingdom. Now what has happened unfortunately in too many areas is that the church Amen. has been made a kingdom for men
1: mm, 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 mm.
0: A place where there's one person who's highly celebrated, uh, one person who reaps yeah. all the benefits and everybody else is made to feel like they're there to serve the king. Let me add this to but that person is not the king yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why every single one of us have to be understanding about what the kingdom is because when we understand the kingdom and we understand what country we came from, then we understand who we are and we understand how to execute the message of the gospel in a way that empowers every single citizen that comes into the embassy
1: called the church that's here on behalf of the kingdom and watch this and when we and when we pastors and leaders according to god's heart yes the bible says it is your watch this andrew the bible says that i will give you pastors and leaders according According to to my heart heart. now watch this Uh, Luke 12 32 says it is your father's heart Mm -hmm. come on y'all ain't talking to me it is your father's heart to give it to you you cannot be a father and not give people anything and what did he give you it is your father's heart come on on. talk to me it is your father's heart to give you what the kingdom you got it that's his heart That's his heart. So watch this. When you understand man of God, the, 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 the kingdom of God, you put a demand on your leadership. That's right. You put a demand on pastors. You put a demand when you, see, as long as you don't understand anything, you can't demand anything. You'll be cheated. You'll be robbed. As long as you don't, understand anything we got two Janine and I have two children in college i say go to that office cuz i'm paying you you take my letter to that office i don't care if you sign it but that's my letter i wrote it i gave you a letter you take it to that office and say i want my money i demand it because i'm paying see when you don't understand your rights when you don't understand your privileges we think that Jesus wanted the, uh, just one leader and followers. No, 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 no. no. This is what he wanted. He wanted, he wanted leaders that would raise up leaders. That's it. He didn't want leaders that would raise up followers. I want leaders who on, will raise that. up leaders.
0: leaders. Leaders.
1: Watch this. That's why, that's why you can go in certain environments.
0: Mm-hmm. certain environments mm-hmm. and
1: I can feel the people. Yeah. I can feel what they understand. I can feel what they know. I can feel their capacity. Yeah. That's why that's why Jesus says this. Be careful. This Mark 4 Andrew, he said, "Be careful what you hear." Be careful about what you allow yourself to hear. Why? Because you will become what you hear. Now Janine said something powerful. Most of us were born in where America. Now, because you were born in America, you are able to get all of the citizenship rights as an American citizen. That's right. Now, then the devil stops in, stops in, and he give you Jim Crow. He give you slavery, even though you were born here. God y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying even he tell you to go to a black water fountain he tell you to get on the back of the bus even though you are an American citizen that's how the devil rules the devil rules like this he will say even though you are an American citizen I'll never acknowledge your rights yeah yeah, cause he's like, a thief. He's a thief, and when Jesus died on the cross, he terminated Satan's lease. Yes, he did. And don't you know that when you, if you are, if you ever rent a property, you can terminate somebody's lease and they still don't leave the property. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. That lease terminated. What did he do on the cross? He terminated Satan's control. God, are, are y'all hearing what I'm yeah. saying? But but he
0: didn't just terminate his control, he he went a step further. Yeah, yeah. And he obtained for you some very vital items. Yes. The keys to the kingdom. Yes.
1: Yes. 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 So
0: you gotta use your keys as a citizen. Yes. What are the keys? Fasting. What are the keys? Prayer. What are the keys? Praying in the Holy Ghost. What are the keys? Binding and loosing. Mm, 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 mm. Mm, 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 mm. See, you got to know it because you people say, I don't feel confident. Yeah. I don't feel confident enough to tell somebody about Jesus. I don't feel confident enough to pray and believe that something's going to happen. I don't feel confident enough to look at somebody and believe I'm hearing from the Holy Ghost and say what I think I'm hearing. I don't feel confident enough. Why don't you feel confident enough? You don't feel confident enough because confidence comes from competence. Mm. Mm. And when you know how to use your tools... When you know Your you got the keys, Your when you know that what you have might look or sound funny like David's slingshot, but that it's going to slay the giant, then you're going to be in, in, in
1: battle. Then you're going to be ready to do some work as a kingdom citizen. Now watch this. Now here's what I want you to know. When David used his slingshot, his brothers were trained.
0: Yes, they were.
1: God. Oh, God. gosh a troublemaker. And so watch this, watch this. So gotta do something, gotta do something in you that's different from those that were formerly trained. Yeah. How'd you get that? Laying on my face for hours. How'd you get that? Walking up and down and around this campus Praying in the Holy Ghost for how long until I get a breakthrough? Until until, until I sense a relief. Until in my spirit yeah. that I've captured my children in the realm of the spirit. That I've captured my destiny. How long should you pray for your daughter? Until until. until how long should you pray for your children? Until. The Bible says that Paul. He said, "I will travail with you until yeah, yeah, yeah. Christ be formed in you." <laughs> you gotta have. See, see, this is what the old folks know. Pray, pray until you have been authorized to do this. Amen. Amen. Do you want me to drop mine? Yes. Okay. All right. Whew. All right. We're gonna move to purpose and gifts. Y'all ready? Purpose means original intent, write that down. You can write it down, talk to me. Purpose means original intent. This is another divine entrustment, the purpose in the gifts of God. Now watch this, everyone is carrying a divine treasure that the world needs. Uh-oh, uh-oh, please talk to me. Everyone was born for a reason. God does not create accidents. No matter the circumstances of your birth, you are not an accident. Even if your parents didn't want you, somehow you got through. That's right. Everyone is born to do something. Brandy, listen to me. You were born to make a difference. Come on, somebody say, so many people trying to make a buck, but they don't know how to make a difference. See, if you make a difference, you can make a buck but there's a whole lot of people that's making bucks but never made a difference. And if he showed you how to make a difference, if he never gives you a buck, he'll give you Woo! peace. Hey, Sheba, now watch this. God, he's just gonna fly you out of here. God always finishes before he begins. Your mere existence is proof that you're already finished. That's good. That's why he calls you the author. He's the author and the finisher. finisher of your what? Your faith. He knows the end from the beginning. He's the alpha and the omega. Watch this. The discovery of your personal purpose and its relationship to God's universal purpose must be the basis upon which you live. So you have people that, that talk this. I don't know what God wants me to do. I'm going to teach you today. You know that he wants you to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know that he wants you to be part of his kingdom and and yield to the dominion mandate. You know that he wants you to uh, win the world for him. But in the midst of that, there is something specific for you. In the absence of purpose, time has no reason. Energy has no reason. And life has no precision. Mm. Bishop, you brought this amazing gentleman here years ago. I think I was 11 years old. Uh, Archbishop Benson Idahosa. He says this. I was born in heaven, assembled in Africa, <laughs> and sent to my generation. I was born in heaven, assembled in Philadelphia, Come but on. sent Say to it. my Generation you you don't believe me. Jeremiah 1 5 says this Before I formed you in the belly watch this. I knew you and before you came out of the womb I did something I Sanctified you I Ordained you and I made you a prophet to the nation's you have to realize that what's inside of you is international that's why you don't ever have to be afraid to go to the meeting. That's why you don't ever have to be intimidated by who, um, who other people are. If God be for you, He's more. who can be against you? Hallelujah. God is so good that he steps in even when you're against yourself. Ooh. My God. That's how graceful he is. You didn't he, he. you could be in a meeting, you didn't even know how much money to ask for. He steps in. <laughs> He steps in, you ask for this, I'm going to give you this. Proverbs 20 verse 5, come on, get this. Purpose in the heart of a man. Now let me say this, when he talks about your heart, he's not talking about your physical heart. Mm -hmm. He's talking about the hidden mind. The Hebrews called it the center of reasoning. So God places his purpose where you could find it. He says purpose in the heart of a man is like deep water... But it takes a man of understanding to draw it out. This is how your heart speaks to you. What would you do with your life if you knew you couldn't fail? Who's doing what you would love to do? Watch this. Because you cannot love God and wake up every day and hate what you do for a living. Because hatred is cancerous. Hatred spreads in the office. Hatred spreads with your children. You cannot wake up every day and not find out what it is that you love
0: to do. Mm. And, and for the person that said, Well, it's too late for me. No, it's not. It's not too it's late for you. Always yours.
1: It's not too late for you. Because what he placed in you is eternal. That's right. And, and, and anything that is eternal supersedes time. So that's why when you start to step into what he calls you to do, you start to roll back the years of your life. Didn't I tell you not to lean unto your own understanding? He'll give you what you thought you lost 20 years ago. I'll prove it. Ecclesiastes 3:11. He says this. He has made everything beautiful in his time. I'm reading the Amplified version because this one just floors me. He has made everything beautiful in his time and appropriate in his time. He has also planted, God, you're amazing. He has planted eternity in the human heart. That means a sense of divine purpose a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God, yet man cannot comprehend, grasp what God has done from the beginning. Now watch what he, watch why he does this. God set it up, listen to me Lenny, so that eternity is constantly calling for you, not to go to heaven. It is the reason as to why so many people are dissatisfied with where they are. That's eternity saying that's not it. Mm. That's eternity saying you should have been running a daycare, start it. You should be an architect. What are you doing as an English teacher? You should have been making music. You should be selling hoodies, your thing is international, your thing is worldwide, why aren't you doing it, trust me, don't believe the experts, they don't know what they are talking about, the experts told them don't, the experts, see if you listen to the experts, you'll be like Blockbuster. (laughs) When you saw that little red box outside of uh, uh, 7-Eleven, you said that's foolish, I'm going to Blockbuster. And then when you get the Blockbuster, they say, we closed, baby. We didn't believe that you could, you, people would do streaming for movies. <laughs> when eternity calls you, you can have a fortune and still be unfulfilled. That's why God doesn't want you to work for money, work for fulfillment. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Say it again.
1: God doesn't want you to work for money, work for fulfillment. And if you never get the money, you'll have peace. Yes. But if you work for fulfillment, people will come after you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Watch this Romans 8 28. And we know. That all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to, watch this, here's here's the reality, God's on the hook for your life. Why are you on the hook, God? Because it's his purpose. Listen, if you created it, he's not committed to it. If you created it, you'd sell yourself short. If you created, you'd be scared to go for what God has for you. In fact, God's purpose for your life is so incredible that the Holy Ghost has to download it bit by bit because if he showed you in totality how he thinks about you, you'd have a stroke because you wouldn't be able to handle the magnitude of somebody loving you like that. And so he says this, he says, Who has saved us? and called us I'm sorry he says this in Romans he says all things work together for good to them that love God and who are the called according to his purpose purpose birth by God will fulfill you and not frustrate you purpose birth by God is tied to your destiny that's That's why Janine and I can spend hours at schools teaching and training. Why? Because it fulfills us. It fulfills us. We're so fulfilled by it. You see kids in the hallway. They're here. They're here. They're here. They're here. Mr. Barlow's here. Mrs. Barlow's here. They're here. We're all set up, Mr. Barlow. We can't wait. See, see, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. See, your purpose will bring you into arenas where, listen, listen, See, as long as you have a perspective of just being a a neat, tidy, little Christian, you'll never enter into what God has for you. And here's the thing. What you need is waiting for you
0: when you get there.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: It's waiting for you when you get there. How do I know? Evan, a seventh grader, 12 years old. Talk about it, Janine. I am light, just like you are light. Light recognize light. So when I look at Evan at the end of the class and he's beaming with like Jesus the whole time we're teaching him. And I say to him, Evans, clean up his papers. He's making a nice little snack stack for me, Evan. Oh, yes. Yes, Miss Barlow here. I looked at him. I said, Evan, you are light. You're beaming. You're special. Here it is. He said, I know. I said, you know, he said, yes, I know, because I'm chosen, Ms. Barlow. I, I felt like I was gonna blow back into the wall. It was just, yeah, yeah. he's just this little yeah. bright faced seventh seventh-year-old, 7th grader. He said, because I'm chosen, Ms. Barlow, we had just finished helping them write mission statements mm-hmm. for their lives. Mm-hmm. He said, my mission is to love God and to take the gospel to people in the world. I said, "In Evan, you're gonna do exactly that. I said, if you won't be ashamed of him, Mm. he'll never be ashamed of you. And he smiled and he went on his way. I didn't go in there to proselytize him, but light recognized light. And now that we know we are on the same secret service (laughs) mission, he already knew. He it didn't matter what age he was. And we could tell you story after story after story about adults, children, kindergartners, but it's like it's all based on your understanding of the kingdom, though. Because we recognize each other and we understand that we're on this mission together in the world. Yes. Not just in here. Yes. Not in the embassy, in the world.
1: In the world. In the world. Let me, give you this, let me give you this one, this quick scripture. First Timothy 1, verses, First Timothy chapter uh, 1, verse 7 through 11. It says, for God has not given us. Remember, we're talking about entrustments. Mm-hmm. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a disciplined mind. That's it. That's it. Who has saved us. Now watch this who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to works. So what he has given to you, you don't have to work for it, but according to his own, it's his purpose and his grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the world began. In other words, This is why you had this feeling of, dang, I feel like I've been here before. You were in Christ Jesus who was in God before the world began. So when it all happened, you were there. God, you you were in in Christ Jesus before the world began. And that's why it's, it's a longing. It's a dissatisfaction for Anything that this world has to offer you. And he said, here it is, here it is. And the
0: the reason that you recognize it, like Pastor O just said, is because you were in him. But why is there a mutual recognition? There's a recognition because he's now where? In you. Yes. So that which is recognizing you is in, that recognizes you is in you. So you recognize it. Yes.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Yes, and he says this, he says, you were, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but watch this, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished yeah. death, Whew. Jesus, and hath brought life mm. and immortality mm. to light. Mm. whereunto yeah. I am an appointed a preacher Apostle and teacher of the Gentiles. So watch this. You, once you, he begins to show you who you are, you can specifically begin to identify what are you appointed to? I'm a teacher. Yeah. I'm an apostle. Mm-hmm. I'm a preacher. And this is who I'm sent to. And here's the package. The package is this. Whatever the creator calls for, he provides for. Whatever he demands, God, he supplies. Whatever he expects, he injects it into you. Whatever he assigns, he has already designed it for you. Whatever he calls out, he puts it into you. And that is why we have to understand the last dimension that we want you to get, which is your gifting. Yeah. He says this in Matthew 25, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants, that's us, and delivered, that's the entrustment, unto him his goods. And unto one he gave five, unto uh, another two, unto another one, to every man according to his ability. What we want you to know is this, that God has packaged each of you with a tremendous gift. That's why he's, the Bible says that a man's gift will make room for him and bring him before great men. It is not the university you went to. It is not the school you went to. Here's what you have to do. Get schooling on your gifting. (laughs) And if you get schooling on your gifting, your gifting will bring you to prominence. Here's what the thing, as a royal offspring of the king, you are expected to use your gift to influence your environment. Somebody talk to me. If you find your gift you will find your place and when you find your place you will find your leadership Most people will say that they are leaders, but many people are just controllers See when you are in leadership, you never seek to control people you want to influence them to become somebody say become You were created to master a natural skill. If you hate doing it, it ain't natural. not
0: for you. That's right.
1: You were created to master a natural skill. If you hate doing it, it's not natural. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You were created to serve your gift the world someone needs your gift and you need someone else's gift stop waiting until you're great to share your gift with the world stop waiting until you are great to start sharing your gift to the world watch this how do you get into greatness it starts with volunteering. Volunteering creates opportunities. Opportunities develop skill. Skill translates into value and people will always pay for what they value. So how do I get in? I got. If you know you have a gift, if you know you have something to share, stop always trying to get paid for it, but start volunteering. And if you start volunteering, you can sharpen up. Those edges, are you hearing what I'm saying? See, people don't know you because you don't know yourself. All the great people discovered what they had inside of them. And once you discover what's inside of you, no one can stop you. You are the first person that they think of and when you make yourself valuable, People will start looking for you. So God set this thing up that my daughter, my son are are so dominant in the earth that people start looking for you. Who's that man that can sing? Who's that boy that can talk? Who's that person that can write? Who's that woman that can cook? Who's that person that can administrate? Who's that person that can do hair? Who are they? I'll pay for them. And when you get into the arena, what's on you? God. Yeah. What's on you, the kingdom? See, watch this. He uses that to get you into certain arenas because some people ain't going to come to church. Am I talking to you? But he uses your gift to get you into arenas where people will never come. But when you get there, you're going to expose them to the king. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when you think about your gift, You want to think about what can you naturally do that makes you come alive? What can you naturally do that makes you come alive? We have lived at such a low expectation of what we should be that when we see people moving in their gifting, we think that's the exception. And we say, that's not me. No, it is you you can become. Amen? And this is what he's entrusted, this is what he's entrusted to you. And because he's entrusted this to you, it will change your life forever. Amen, stand with me.
0: Thank you for joining us in service today.